Hello, welcome to Interdependent Study, our podcast where we engage in the learning and unlearning work for social justice and collective liberation. I'm Aaron. And I'm Damien. Thank you so much for joining us today. For those new to our podcast, Interdependent Study is meant to be a space and community for folks who believe in it and want to do the work of social justice. Each week, we'll bring something new to the table and discuss our thoughts and feelings about it through the lenses of who we are and where we think we can go for a more just society. Mm-hmm. And we want interdependent study to be a space where we're always learning with one another. And Damien is up this week. So what are you bringing to the table today? All right. So today I have brought for us an article um, mm-hmm. and it is called The Other Cause of January 6th. Um, It was written by um, a woman named Kate Shaw, who is a law professor at the Cardozo School of Law in New York City uh, and was published in The Atlantic just last month uh, on June 10th. If folks want to head to The Atlantic's website and find it and check it out. Uh, And I would encourage folks to do it because it was a really great article. um, So I'm super excited for us to to talk about it today. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think the major point that she made in this article is that the electoral college as an institution is flawed and dangerous um, to our society, to our country, right? Um, yeah. You know, she really highlighted a number of ways and, and examples throughout our recent history to uh, bring that point home. Um, but the central argument of uh, this specific piece um, is that the electoral college played a, a truly significant role in the events of January 6th of last year, um, which of course was the day of the insurrection, uh, really sort of white uh, domestic terrorist attack at the United States Capitol. But more Uh, memorably, it was also the official launch date of our podcast. So, you know, I uh, I forgive folks if you forget that the insurrection happened and you remember that this was when we released our first full episode. We really appreciate you folks. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Um, same day some folks tried to overthrow the government, you know? Woo. Uh, so pretty crazy day. Um, and so again, she's sort of uh, making this argument that uh, the Electoral College played a role in sort of what led up to and what took place that day. Right. Yep. And yep. so throughout the piece, she's also highlighting really the dangers and the problems of the electoral college as this institution. And, you know, she also pointed out what we sort of need to do to address the toxic nature of it and the vulnerabilities of it as well. So there's a lot in here. There's lots of great articles linked in it as well. And so um, I certainly um, really enjoyed reading it. And I think I mentioned this when I introduced it last week, but it's super timely given the January 6th committee hearings that are taking place right now. I think they're having a sort of a, um, what do you call it? A surprise meeting or something tomorrow? Yeah, They've so got we some new this, yeah. and some new evidence has come up, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But um, and it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've brought to the table. Uh, what did you think of the article? Uh, I thought it was a really great um, thought piece. I yeah. guess on how that that laid out how the electoral college is. Um, it really just makes the U.S. vulnerable to the kind of electoral t- attacks that Trump attempted because the um, January 6th was its own sort of culminating thing. Yes. But what led up to it were a lot of legal attacks that were, um, you know, quote unquote above board and, and trying to exploit these vulnerabilities. Yes. Um, so the kind of winner take all based on the popular vote of each state leads of each state leaves a lot to vulnerability and Trump attempted to mess with legal timelines yeah. um, that would have cast doubt on the state of the electors from each state. Um, he also demanded that states 
find just find some votes find some to votes. flip the final total of that state toward him <sighs> um, which would then change the entire electoral map um, the way that we do it currently um, also pushed state electors to throw out state vote counts um, so that state legislatures themselves could appoint the electors instead of using the the actual winner of the vote um, so she laid out a lot of examples of the ways that he tried to find loopholes and exploits um, to change the outcome of the election um, and seize power um, that way. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's incredible to think about, um, I, you know, to be sort of a, a legal scholar and, right. um, you know, someone who studies, you know, things like the Electoral College. I mean, just what a case study alone Trump is and was and sort of what took place with this election, that election in particular, I mean, is just, I mean, I don't like to use this word, but I mean, it's fascinating, right? But yeah. it's, you know, fascinating from the lens of like, this was really messed up in so many ways. And, mm-hmm. you know, as you talk about sort of the vulnerabilities and the 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 work that he did to sort of put pressure on, on these, these um, state legislators. And I mean, it just is is wild, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I appreciated sort of the work that she did to sort of draw attention to that, um, and and highlight sort of uh, and use his case in that election as a sort of the, the most recent example of the ills of this um, of the electoral college, right? And and the dangers of it as as a tool, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one of the pieces of the article that I highlighted was this. She said, the Electoral College isn't responsible for President Trump's efforts to remain in office despite his clear loss, but it was integral to Trump's strategy and it has everything to do with how close he came to success. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a really important point to highlight and emphasize in all of this, right? Like that our politicians are thinking and strategizing about the ways in which they can manipulate the Electoral College to their Mm -hmm. advantage, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and, and that this institution, right, the Electoral College itself, works in ways that, as she describes in this article, like it gives arbitrary power to voters in certain states over others, right, and and just really works to just divide us as a people and as a nation, right. And so, like I think about sort of the that strategizing, that manipulation, right, that is that is possible um, with this institution um, as being you know, not okay. Right. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's, um, I don't know, it's pretty clear how vulnerable the system is. Right. Uh, as it stands. And, you know, I think it, it became pretty clear to me, um, based on this article, um, not just the vulnerabilities that this played out, but the ways that we've seen the outcomes of elections shift, in our lifetimes yeah where they aren't based on the overall popular vote but based on the outcome in certain states right uh and so um you know i fully recognize that the way she lays it out the way that it that that it operates creates opportunities for strategies as trump employed um, to invalidate elections in order to change the outcome um right and as she said all while claiming that it's about law and legal process and, yes. and the legal rights of a candidate. Right. Um, well, and it's which fasc- in, in, in reality is not like it's, it's trying to, it's attempt, 
it's an attempt to overthrow the actual election process. Absolutely. And I think the other piece to, to sort of mention with that is sort of this use and um, the strategy and manipulation to of the Electoral College itself and sort of to send the the government, if you will, in our in our in our process in disarray. But then there's certainly then, and this is obviously the other sort of thesis of the article, is that what it does, what that rhetoric does for you know, the American people and to the American people, right? And so it also spins us into a tailspin of like, well, what is going on, right? And you have the folks who are um, Trump supporters who buy into that rhetoric and believe mm-hmm. those lies, right? And that's how we get to what happened on January 6th. Right? Yeah. So there's real there's real sort of danger on all fronts as mm-hmm. a result of this, yeah. Yeah, and I think the other, so there, that's, danger and, and and vulnerability. The other piece of it that I mentioned last week as we were wrapping up is, you know, what I what I kind of mentioned just a few moments ago is that the will of the collective people um, might not be the outcome of the actual election. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So Al Gore won the popular vote, popular vote by 500,000 votes um, and lost the Electoral College because the Supreme Court decided that Florida belonged to him, yes. belonged to George uh, Bush. Yep. Um, and then Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, vote by three million votes um, and then lost to Trump in the Electoral College. So um, the system is fundamentally broken yep. in some ways and, and vulnerable to attacks. Um, and so I think, in my opinion, it's time for a new ele- election process. Absolutely. Uh, entirely. And so I read an article that was linked here. Um, called The Secret to Beating the Electoral College by Russell Berman. That was yeah. also on The Atlantic. Um, and so that was that was linked, like I said, in the article that you brought. He lays out this process um, by which the, the Electoral College can be changed yes. um, or abolished, really. Um, and that would require a constitutional amendment. Um, so kind of unlikely, mm. just based on... The general state of things. I, I was gestures gonna, vaguely. I, I was literally about to say, <laughs> Aaron is gesturing vaguely in the air. You can't see it, but I'm yeah. I'm living it. And it's uh, perfect. It's a uh, you know, it's a downside of an audio only medium. Yes, but um, yeah. So, yeah, but there is a national popular vote interstate compact, right? Uh, and so states can sign on to that, um, and it would bind states um, who do sign on. Uh, to then use their electors to vote for the winner of the national popular vote in the electoral college. Mm. So it's a way of sort of hacking the system that we have to prevent some of these things in the future. Um, And the article goes into why it's supported by a variety of people um, across the political spectrum. Yep. Um, A lot, the... It would it would kick in um, once there are enough electoral votes um, to reach 270. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, the states that have signed on would have to then follow through on their their compact. But so a lot of the states who haven't signed on yet are traditionally Republican states. Yeah. Um, but there are sort of prominent Republican strategists who are in favor of it for a variety of reasons. One of which is they believe it would change the. Um, the process of elections Ah. because you aren't just um, campaigning in swing states. Yep. You're campaigning for all of the states. Absolutely. Um, And because you have to, you have to win everywhere. Yes. uh, Instead of winning in, in in small counties and and districts and stuff. Um, 
as one so might it's an interesting, think. It's an interesting shift and in an interesting way to, to think about, you know, what are all the ways that it might change if you adopt this yep. um, and how, you know, how much that would change the election process Absolutely. In, in and of itself. Yeah, it's fascinating to think about the idea that uh, a candidate running for president might have to do some campaigning everywhere and might need to um, convince uh, all Americans that, uh, you know, they uh, have ideas and leadership and mm-hmm. um, the will to uh, make um real impactful change in our to our to our country right yeah and represent all of us um as opposed to as we have seen um throughout our lifetime and it happens um in all election cycles right like this sort of pandering to and the the certain bases and the um the sort of attention paid to certain states and certain districts and certain counties and certain towns um because they know the there's calculus, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And and it's like all it's really a game that is being played, um, and so yeah. that's that's really fascinating to think about. And I I love the fact that um, there are folks out there that have thought about this, that have studied this, right. that right there is a way. Like I think about when we talk about abolition, and we're trying to think about like what are new systems, what are new strategies, and what are new ways of of living and being. Um, you know, and existing in this world together, right? Um, in the same way that that folks are doing that work, folks are doing work um, around things like this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as well. Um, and so I think what's you know wonderful to me is, uh, and really I should say wild to me is the to look at sort of the mountain of evidence here and the examples throughout our history that show that the electoral college is just broken, right? And mm-hmm. um, it's just inflicting major harm on us and our society and our politics, right? And so um, I think for me, you know, sort of shifting and thinking about the January 6th piece of this article, right? Like I, I, I still just really can't get over um, what happened um, to lead up to January 6th and um, and specifically this, this lens of, you know, as Kate Shaw, you know, talks about in this article, like what the electoral college's impact on that day um, and those events were, right? And so um, one of the, another piece that I highlighted was this. She said, put plainly, for a candidate determined to win at all costs, the electoral college was central to a post-election strategy designed to co- convert loss into victory. Sure. Last night's opening hearings of the January 6th committee made clear that Trump and his advisors were well aware no good faith legal basis existed to dispute the election's results. In a nationwide popular vote, a deficit of 7 million votes would have been impossible to challenge using ostensibly lawful means. The fact of the Electoral College meant that flipping a few close states or coercing the vice president into throwing out those states' votes would have been enough to change the election's outcome. Yeah. Right? And so, like, you know, you talk about this in the... in the case of Hillary Clinton, right, with 3 million and Al Gore, 500,000, 7 million. We're talking yeah. 7 million more votes were cast for Joe Biden. And so, you know, but yet we're still talking about, <laughs> right, this. Um, and so I think it's clear to see the, to me, it's just really crystal clear. You can see the devastating power of the Electoral College. And I think that should be enough evidence <laughs> uh, for folks that, um, the electoral college needs to be abolished. Yeah, and I think um, one of the, the one of the other reasons I think I have uh, three a three pronged argument here for okay. why the electoral college should be abolished. The first piece I talked about were all of the vulnerabilities that it creates yes. that we've talked about that Trump 
tried to push levers on, right? Absolutely. Down to that last day demanding that um, Mike Pence not certify the election. Yeah. Um, which is what they're supposed to be doing on January 6th and, and eventually did complete. But, um, and then there is the, the electoral college, not matching the will of the people. Right. Um, and that creating its own kind of concern or issue of, um, creating a different outcome right? Yes. and not matching what the majority of people want to see and also creating more polarization I Absolutely. is another thing that, that, that the process is doing. The, the third piece is based on history, and I think, um, you know, it's because it's tied directly to the three-fifths compromise. Yes, yes, um, yes. Say more so about that. one of the articles linked in The Secret to Beating the Electoral College is called The Electoral College's Racist Origins. That's by Wilfred Codrington III. What a name. Um, Very good. Yeah. Uh, and so when the framers were discussing how the president would be chosen, um, they started out thinking of a national popular vote. Uh, and that was quickly dismissed as too much democracy. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> My goodness. If you wanted to get an insight into these people that we deify, uh -huh. that was too democratic. Um, so they eventually settled on each state having a set of delegates based on their population, um, essentially tying the number of their votes um, to the congressional representatives that they have right. in the Senate and in the House. Of representatives so um, i feel a butt coming <laughs> but those population counts uh that were used were after the free three-fifths compromise was established which stated that enslaved people counted as three-fifths of a person mm -hmm. for the purposes of counting the population yes which warped population counts in the south and gave them more representative power um, than they actually had because those people in all the other ways that matter didn't count as people right um so there's this perverse counting of people sometimes uh when it benefits the white landowning men um and not counting them in all of the other ways that matter right um mm. so yeah um there were no rights in the system for these people, um, but they were counted um, for the the elite in these states um, to then send representatives to Congress to then use those representatives and those numbers to vote in the Electoral College. So it's directly tied to that history. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you did the work to click another link in a linked article like mm -hmm. uh, you get the gold star this week. Um, I... I, I remember learning about this in school, right? And yeah. sort of, you know, we talked a lot about, and maybe it's because I went to school close to DC, I don't know, uh, but like processing all of the sort of implications and ramifications of the three-fifths compromise, right? And so um, I, I love that these articles point out this idea, if you will, that we're utilizing a system that was built on and in a time where our country looked very different than it does today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, there's probably a joke there. Um, yeah. Does it? Um, and so, you know, I think it speaks to this idea of being in another reason why we need to abolish the yeah. electoral college, right? And one of the things that I've been thinking about when I, as you have talked about this, is like, I think we can broaden that thinking 
to what we're what we keep hearing. You talked about sort of deifying these folks, like the folks that keep saying it's what the founding framers would have wanted or intended. And it's mm-hmm. like what <laughs> you know, and we. I mean that that rhetoric comes up when we're talking about the Second Amendment, and you know we're talking about you know Roe v. Wade. We're talking about all these things. Like it's wild. Right. Yeah. And so I, I very much so appreciate you bringing up sort of the connection to the history and the time. And um, again, this piece around um, like the sort of the, the social justice aspect of it. Right. right? Like, yeah. It's well, wild. Something just came to me from I think it was from 2016. OK. After the the um, Clinton Trump election, um, I think W. Kamau Bell said the Electoral College is slavery math. Um, and so I, I, you know, I feel like people have learned that the electoral college is directly tied to the three fifths compromise as part of the ways that, um, the government was, you know, uh, of the United States was kind of founded. Right. But I feel like it's a piece, it's a piece that I had forgotten again. And then I read the article. I was like, yeah, I I knew this, I knew this, um, but I had forgotten about it. And so, um, yeah, that, that quip from w kamau bell from uh, a few years back just I, I was just reminded of it absolutely well and again it just speaks to i think i said this earlier the mounting evidence of just why this system does not work and yeah. does not serve us yeah absolutely um all right well let's shift gears i think and talk a little bit about application and sort of how we're making connections from this article to our lives and the work we're doing um obviously an article like this talking about <laughs> What is happening literally today um, is is totally application, um, you know. But I I think the electoral college has it's clear to me that the electoral college has a direct impact on our everyday lives, um, and in in sort of our real life sense, it impacts who becomes the president, right? And so I'm yeah. just a bit flabbergasted by the fact that with all of this evidence that we have about the Electoral College and, you know, the the, the three-pronged, <laughs> at minimum, the three-pronged approach you 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 talked about today, mm. um, about how the Electoral College is uh, just a clear and present danger to our society, that we just haven't done more to change it. Yeah. Um, and so I want us to really think about the ways in which that can happen and look into the question of what are the ways in which we as a society can demand that it be changed. Right. And so, you know, you mentioned that great article by Russell Berman that speaks to this directly. So, you know, there are options and resources out there. Right. And so I think it's clear that this speaks, um, that this is a system and an institution that is not serving the will of the people when it comes to the election of the president. Um, and, and, you know, has led us to the argument that Kate Shaw has made in this article about yeah. what took place and what led up to January 6th, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think um, that's all spot on. My, my application is um, basically the same. It's thinking about the ways the Electoral College impacts our lives. Yeah. Um, so we're recording this in the wake of the Supreme Court overturning um, – Roe v. Wade yes. um, and conservatives claiming this as a uh, foundation to roll back other rights. Yep. Um, so you know, in uh, in a, um, a consenting opinion, I guess what's called when you agree with the majority, uh, but want to add your own piece to it, right? Clarence Thomas said this is grounds to to reconsider Griswold. Um, 
which was about contraceptives uh, and Obergefell, uh, which was about um, same-sex marriage. Um, and so we're, we're, we're in dangerous times. Yeah, we're in dangerous time. And, and this is connected. Yes. Um, we're living in the, in the wake of the Electoral College, getting the 2016 election wrong, uh, and then Trump getting to appoint three radically conservative Supreme Court justices. Um, and that's also tied to Mitch McConnell and his political gamesmanship and denying um, President Obama a, a Supreme Court nomination. Yes. Um, nine to ten months before that election happened, but then rushing through Amy Coney Barrett, one of the least qualified just justices ever, ever. Um, after people had already cast ballots in early voting states. Yes. So there are lots of pieces I think I just laid out that are, are broken about a lot of pieces of, of, of what this government is doing, um, but a lot of this is tied back to the Electoral College and um, just how deeply entrenched this is in our day-to-day lives and, and the ways that its outcomes are impacting us yes. uh, personally um, across the United States. In very real ways, yeah. right? And and ways that are, I, I think, have so many folks um, scared um, and on edge, um, yeah. and, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we literally, just, I think we've always thought about you know, how are we talking about as application is ways to connect the dots. And there's so many dots that can be connected here. Um, and it's all scary. It really mm-hmm. is. It really mm-hmm. is. So, um, all right, well, let's talk a little bit about homework. What do we want to do after we leave this wonderful table that we've got? Um, I was really intrigued when Kate Shaw talked about some of the most significant ills of the Electoral College. Um, we've, we've, we've mentioned them here, right? The fact that it creates this system where some votes are more valuable than others. Um, and the fact that it has done so much, I think, to just increase polarization and, and dysfunction and this divisiveness that we have in our in our country, right? And so um, I was really intrigued by two specific resources that she mentioned, and so I'm adding them to our list uh, to check out. Um, one was her essay in the Michigan Law Review. Um, it's called A Mystifying and Distorting Factor, The Electoral College and American Democracy. Hmm. And then the second is a book that's actually the subject of her essay um, written by a person named Jesse Wegman, and it's called Let the People Pick the President. Hmm. And I sort of clicked through and found the description of that book. It says, the framers of the Constitution battled over it. Lawmakers have tried to amend or abolish it more than 700 times. Mm -hmm. To this day, millions of voters and even members of Congress misunderstand how it works. It deepens our national divide and distorts distorts the core democratic principles of political equality and majority rule. How can we tolerate the Electoral College when every vote does not count the same and the candidate who gets the most votes can lose? Right. So um, I I'd love to read both of those, that book and the, and the sort of piece in the Michigan Law Review and yeah. um, check those out as as homework for us. So yeah. uh, what about you? Um, my homework is learning more about the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. Oh, yes. Um, Maryland, our our home state. Um has already joined, yep. right? But I'm interested in what the impact of this process might be um, because it would, you know, like I said earlier, it would change the way that campaigning happens. 
um, from focusing closely on those swing states um, and even districts within those swing states. Oh man, yes. Um, to, and their 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 issues, right? Um, to broadly appealing to more voters across the country. Yes. Uh, and having to have an actual um, national platform uh, for for people to consider and look at, um, rather than maybe speaking to. Um, a few hundred thousand people here and there to try to swing them into getting out to vote for you because they like something that you um, you say, and then you getting them to out to vote flips the electoral college in your favor. Absolutely, I love that. Yeah, I hadn't really um, heard too much about this national popular vote interstate compact before um, reading these articles yeah. um, for this, and so um, love that Maryland's a part of it. Um, mm-hmm. But super excited to learn more about it and see sort of what impact it could have um, on getting us to I think where we both feel like we need to be yeah. uh, as it relates to electoral college. Yeah, and the, um, I, I uh, skimmed the Wikipedia page, oh, good. which looks like a good starter resource in terms of okay. like referencing a lot of the kind of research and um, things people have done uh, to uh, create arguments in favor of the compact. I love that. I love yeah. it. Okay, so again, it's the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. Correct. Love yep. it. All right. Uh, well, good stuff. Yeah. Um, with that, my friend, you're up next time. Yep. What are you bringing to the table in our next episode? Um, well, I mentioned that Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court yeah. uh, and their uh, radical majority, conser- radical conservative majority that they have um, now. Um, so I'm, I'm bringing a piece uh, from the editorial board of The Washington Post called The Supreme Court's Radical Abortion Ruling Begins a Dangerous New Era. Mm-hmm. Um, to quote from the end of the article, Friday's ruling was another reminder for a country that needs no more that Americans cannot take for granted the freedoms they enjoy. Oh, man. Um, so I, th- I think that this ruling will continue to cause more turbulence across the United States. Absolutely. Um, I think this da- this decision is dangerous. Um, I think it's it's ridiculous. Um, and in addition to this article, I, I found uh, another piece um, on Jezebel called The Sinister Connection Between Abortion Rights, White Supremacy, and COVID. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Which will also be, I think, interesting... Um, the author um, ties uh, the great replacement theory yep. to um, abortion rights okay. um, and the fight against abortion. Okay. Right? Wow. Uh, the pro-life movement. Yeah. So, the so-called pro-life ah, movement. There it is. Um, so uh, I have those two things. We'll probably each find other things to discuss. Sure. Um, f- but um, yeah, that's what I've got for now for next week. It's fascinating to... Think about, you said this quote at the end of the article, for a country that needs no more, no yeah. no more reminders about our freedoms and the fact that they could be gone in an instant, right? Mm-hmm. And so I talked a little bit earlier about the idea that folks are really scared, and rightfully so, um, and in a real way, us, millions of folks, all of us are impacted by um, this ruling around abortion, Um it's it's scary. Yeah. It's really scary. So yeah. um, thank you for uh, finding these pieces and bringing them and um, inviting us to read it, read them and 
and have a conversation next time. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So with that, folks, we want to thank you so much for joining us today and for listening to Interdependent Study. Uh, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. But in case you forgot, please follow, leave a rating and review, share our podcast with all of the wonderful people in your life. Uh, follow us on social media and check us out on YouTube. And of course, sign up for our email list to get notified about any new things we've got going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, it's not about us, but it is about us. And we'll talk to you next week. 